Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Pauline from menopausemorph.com. Pauline, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, I'm thrilled that you're here today. I am really excited to talk to you because you have made a major metamorphosis in your life. Yes, um, it's really been quite... When people see me now, they say to me, are you... Pauline McCarthy that lives in Athens, and I say, ah, but you look younger now than you did 15 years ago. That's a compliment. Now you're in Iceland. I'm in Iceland. <laughs> uh huh. And you've been there for quite some time, right? 23 years now. Okay. And you moved from was it Scotland? Scotland. Scotland. You can hear the twang yeah. in my voice. I can. I can. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. So what what happened? Tell me about it. I want to know. Well, you know, when I was in when I was 40, I was in a very difficult marriage, and I was very ill. I had been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, lupus, um, fibromyalgia, um, and I was just in pain all the time. But I was never, you know, I, I wasn't just staying at home feeling sorry for myself. I was, I've always been doing charity work and, and helping people. And also I had, uh, my elder son was uh, is autistic. My younger son has got uh, PDD, pervasive development, de- developmental disorder. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I sent, seemed to be spending all my life going to physiotherapy for me or for the kids or occupational therapy or, or speech therapy. It's like um, in Iceland, I just knew all the words to do with medical stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a very difficult <laughs> language, but I learned all these words. You know? And um, so when I was 40, I woke up one day and I just said to myself, what am I doing here? It's like do I want to be living like this for the rest of my life? And it's like, you know, and the doctor had said to me, you've got, you know, rheumatoid arthritis is incurable. You will probably end up in a wheelchair. So I actually went out and bought a house with wheelchair access, you know. Mm. And, you know, I've been brought up in the UK. They're taught like, uh, it's subtle, you know, it's not, you're not taught it in school, but it's subtle. It's like the doctor is like God. Whatever he Mm -hmm. says is the truth, you know. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, you know, no, this is my life. It's my responsibility to do something about it, you know, and, and I'm going to claim my life back. I don't want to be a patient. I don't want to be, a, you know, a victim of an illness. And I thought, you know, at, at 40, it's like, if that's 40 years gone back, maybe I'll have 40 years more, but I, did, I want to be an invalid for 40 years. So I thought, no way. So right. I started to walk, you know, first it was just like, 20 metres, 30 metres or something. And the next day it would be 40 metres, you know. And then I started, I went to um, swimming pool exercises. Mm-hmm. And that was great. That was absolutely great. And I started going to a rehabilitation club. And not just taking, you know, taking part in the rehabilitation. I started, I, I, you know, I was learning oil painting. So I said, mm-hmm. and somebody, they, they, they had just got this new place for the rehabilitation centre. And it had bare walls. And I said to the, the guy running it, I said, you know, I've got some paintings at house, you know, that I've been learning to paint. I could put the paintings up on the wall just to make it colourful. You know? they ha- it was a shop 
originally this place, so there was big windows so you could see right in. And people were coming in and saying, are these paintings for sale? Are these paintings for sale? Oh, wow. What a compliment. They're just just on the wall for decoration, you know. And they said, oh, and who did that? I went, well, I did it. And they said, what? And I went, well, I'm just learning myself. So it ended up, I was teaching about 20 people how to oil paint. I'd been teaching myself from DVDs. So the night before, I would watch a DVD and then I'd go in the next day and teach them what I'd learned on the DVD. And, right there in person. And they would all convinced yeah. I was some expert painter. I said, no, no, I just started this last year. <laughs> you know? So that was, and I started doing things that that brought me joy, you know, that, that, that were fun to do. I said, right. just just having, taking the kids to therapy, taking me to therapy, you know, and just having yeah. tedious and stressful things to do. You know, there's all that anxiety that goes along with, like, what are we going to find out at the doctor and what's yeah. today? And, I mean, it's just that energy of being in that sick world, you know, rather than living and, like, finding the joy. And do in our nutritional therapy practice, we talk about the essential elements of whole health and thoughts and emotions and yeah. connections are two of our elements. And it's, like, having a purpose, finding joy, you know, really being of service and being community of other people, it's enormously beneficial to our health. Like it can change so much. Yeah. And yeah. And what you were talking about nutrition, that was another thing that I changed. I changed my diet. You know, mm-hmm. um, in Iceland, they eat <laughs> really rubbish. <laughs> Just like in Scotland, you know, it was like potatoes, fish and uh, and lamb, you know, which is quite good, you know, but almost no vegetables. Mm-hmm. And um a lot of sugary drinks and, and crisps, you know, or I think they call them potato chips in America. Uh-huh. Oh, God, this is my, my, my downfall, potato chips. And chocolate oh, and, and ice cream and, you know, all the uh, all the big no-nos. Right. So I said to myself, okay, I, I don't need to cut them out completely, but I can start adding in good things. I can add in vegetables. I can add in fruits, you know. I um, I can put the instead of having a big giant plate i can have a smaller plate you know mm-hmm. and still fill up my plate you know? easy changes small uh-huh. changes that uh, build on each other exactly yeah. and within a year i lost 18 kilograms i think i'm not sure it's about 2.2 pounds in a kilogram or something like that it's a lot yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's a significant difference and it was like two dress sizes and and the great thing was I had been walking with walking sticks and I threw my walking sticks away. And then what I started to do, you know, I started getting on, on this roll of, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do things I, I, I want to do. I enjoy. And so one of the things that I really love to do is sing. So I started singing again. And then I was doing, um, because I come from Scotland, people say, oh, sing. Sing Scottish songs, or uh, you know, my parents are Irish. They sing Irish songs, and in the, in the, our town, we have this um, Irish Days Festival in the summer. So mm-hmm. for ten years or so, I was singing these Irish songs and Scottish songs, you know, which which were fine and nice. And I would dress up in an Irish costume or a Scottish costume or something. And then when I was when I turned fifty, I I said to myself, and actually on my fiftieth birthday, I got married. <laughs> oh wow! I divorced the, <laughs> the, I divorced the <laughs> difficult guy, and then. And, um, I met this other guy. He's amazing. And so on my 50th birthday, we we got married as well. So two parties in one. Yeah, that's quite a celebration. Uh-huh. And we in the in the date, and we had a Viking wedding. It was um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I love to do things, you know, overboard. So we had this Viking wedding with the ring of fire and the Viking priest, and it was outside. Um, 
and my husband was dressed in a Scottish kilt <laughs> and I was dressed in the Icelandic national costume. <laughs> so it was reverse re- roles a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just for fun. And then, then um, after the, the wedding party, then, then we said to everybody, OK, now I'm going to change into my glittery ball gown and we're going to have a concert and a birthday party. And because a lot of my friends were singing as well. Mm-hmm. And I went on stage and I had been practicing for a few weeks and I was gave them all a surprise. So they were all expecting me to get up and sing Danny Boy or, or you know, Wild Rover or something. And I started singing, fly me to the moon and let me live among the stars. And they all went, what? Oh, fun. <laughs> Big surprise. I said, where did this come from? We, never, we didn't know you could sing like that. I said, you never asked me to sing like that before. You never gave me the chance. <laughs> you know? So ever since then, that's been five years now, I've been doing like cabaret and big band swing and stuff. And that really, really makes me happy. You know. I just saw on your website, what day is your birthday? The 19th of June. That's my birthday too. <laughs> We share that. How fun. That's amazing. I love it. And, you know, I mean, just the energy in your voice, like, so different than when you were talking about before, when you were sick and everybody, you know, you were in that world and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're doing the painting, you're getting out, you're taking care of yourself, you're exercising, you're singing, you're really, like, coming alive again. Yeah. Oh, and I'll tell you another thing that happened. (laughs) Um, You know, 2008, you know, we had, you know, those... uh, Iceland nearly went bankrupt, you know, the, the yeah. crash of 2008, and we lost everything, and everything and more, basically. We just had, we had the roof over our head, but the bank, um, Iceland is, I think, is, as far as I know, Iceland and Saudi Arabia are the only two countries in the world where the mortgage is index linked. So that means if the inflation goes up, your mortgage goes up. And I don't mean the payments, I mean the amount of the mortgage. Uh, about 10 years ago, we took out a mortgage of 16 million krona. It sounds a lot, but kronas are worth almost nothing. You know? <laughs> so it's just say 16, 16 units. Now, mm-hmm. even though we've been paying it for 9 or 10 years, never missed a payment, we now owe the bank 23 million. Oh. It's terrible. And, you know, twice the government have forced the bank, or the government has given us, Two million off. So if that hadn't happened, there would have been twenty-seven million on a sixteen million loan. It's oh my absolutely gosh. crazy, you know. After you've been paying for nine or ten years, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there was um, just everything was going crazy, and uh, both me and my husband had disability pension, and because of the, because the the country was going bankrupt, basically, they cut all the disability pensions or social oh, security pensions. Down, 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 until um, we just didn't have enough money to survive. It was impossible. So I was, you know, all my life I've been doing charity work and helping charities, and I've always come up with brilliant ideas of how to raise money for charities. And sometimes I have an idea, but I don't have a charity that will fit, but I keep it in the back of my brain for some other charity that will come up in the future. Mm -hmm. So I had this idea, and then I thought to myself, well, you know, sometimes charity begins at home, especially when you can't pay the bills, you know. So mm-hmm. the idea was to make souvenir candy, um, not make it, if it's sell it. Um, yeah, how did it ha- How did it start? Yeah, my father went to New Zealand. I have two brothers in New Zealand. And he came back and he gave me a box of, uh, I think it was called kiwi eggs. Mm-hmm. And it was chocolate hazelnuts. And I said to my husband, 
you know, we could do better than that. We had this uh, chocolate here in Iceland. Is um, inside it's licorice with chocolate, and then it's like white on the outside. Uh-huh. And when my younger boy was fourteen, he he was a Star Wars fan, and I took him to a Star Wars convention in London, and he was only fourteen then. But because he was autistic, he um, I I didn't want him to. It was just after somebody in in. London had been shot on the underground because they had a backpack on and they, the police thought it was a bomb or something. Oh, right. And I thought, Sorry. if he's going on the on the subway with a stormtrooper costume and a big rifle, right. you know, no. he might get the shot. Best plan. You know? yeah. um, so I wrote to the I wrote to the organizers and I said, look, my son, to be in this Star Wars club you know where you where they parade and they all dress up characters in the film you have to mm-hmm. be 18 to be in this club you know uh, but I said to him look I know you have to be 18 but my son is autistic and I'm really scared that he'll something will happen on the on the public transport so is there somewhere where he could change into his costume when he's there and also if he gets overwhelmed by too much stimulus is there somewhere he could go and just take a break and calm down mm-hmm. so the guy contacted me and he said look we'd like to offer your son a vip pass and he can come in and change with all the actors and everything it was like what <laughs> that's amazing so we went there and i wanted to say thank you to to them to them all you know so i bought i think it was like 10 kilograms of these candies you know these white balls and i put them in a big bowl and i put a sign on it saying uh, Thank you from Iceland. These are stormtrooper eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of have the colors, yeah, right? <laughs> stormtroopers are white, you know. And but what, so when I got these um, kiwi eggs from my dad, I said to my husband, you know, those stormtrooper eggs that I, that I gave out, we could use them. We could sell them as puffin eggs, you know. Oh, cute! Uh, because in Iceland we have the puffins, you know. Right. And but then at the time I was just thinking, oh, that's a great idea to give to some charity, you know. Right. But the time came up where charity begins at home, and but of course I had no money at all um, because we were in so much debt. But I had this brilliant idea, so I I wrote a confidentiality agreement and I took it to the candy company, and I said. I have a brilliant idea, but before I tell you, I need you to sign this because I didn't want them to steal my idea. Very smart, yes. Very smart. And so then I said to them, okay, I want, I, I, I told you what the idea was, and I said, I expect to be buying about 500 to 700 kilograms a month from you. Um, and they went, okay, that's good. I don't think you believe me. And I said, no, really, really, it's going to work. So he said, okay, let me go and talk to my boss. And, and, and I said, there's only one problem. And he says, what's that? I said, well, I have no money, so I need you to give me credit. <laughs> and I had told them that we were on disability, and I said, but I'm a really good salesperson, you know, I can sell sand to the Arabs, you know, and ice to the Eskimos. <laughs> so he comes back from his from his boss, and he says, well, the boss says, we're going to give you to the end of the month plus 20 days. He says, so that means if you buy at the end of the month, you're only going to get 20 days, but if you buy mm-hmm. in the beginning of the month, you'll get 50 days. Okay, fair enough. I said, first of the month, I'll be coming to buy stuff. Here I am. <laughs> and then I went to the, the printing company, and I, and I said to them, look, okay, and I got them to sign the confidential agreement. I said, okay, I, and I told them the story. I said, the only problem is I don't have any money. I said, but I'm going to be buying a lot of stuff from you in the future. Can you give me credit, please? Thank you very much. <laughs> you know? And... He went to talk to his boss and he came back and he said, yes, we'll give you 30 days credit. I went, okay, I've got like 30 days. It was quite, really quite, and you know, and I started with 
15 kilograms, which made 100 bags. Mm-hmm. And it took me um, about a month to sell that. And I managed, and then, but during that time, there was, uh, have you ever heard of these things called Startup Weekend? Mm-mm. Okay, it's like, a, it's a, a thing that goes all around the world. And people come together, and in one weekend, you start a company. And it's, oh, cool. it's like a competition. So people have one minute to give their idea. And then based on that idea, people choose, maybe there's 100 people come, but maybe 10 just have an idea. Then the other people will choose which ones they want to join. And then they 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 work as a team all weekend, and at the end of the weekend they present their idea, and somebody wins a prize. Oh, neat! You know, and a lot of them go on to actually become businesses. You know, so I presented this idea at one of these things, and I came in third. But the best thing was there was a guy from some government office, and he came to me and he said to me. This is a brilliant idea. The reason it was so brilliant was because there was no souvenir candy in Iceland at all. Oh, wow. Nothing. So he said, come to my office next week and I'm going to help you fill out a form so you can get a grant from the government. <laughs> oh, my gracious. So I, I got that grant. I think that was the first. That was I've, I've, So far, I've had three grants. I think that first one was 1.5 million krona, which would have been about um, $10,000. Wow. Wow. Like so you were able to pay off the candy company and the printing. And then I, then I, then I developed other, other products. You know, so the first one was called Icelandic Puffin Eggs. Mm-hmm. I, I, and then I did in, I did them in boxes as well as bags, and then I did um, Icelandic lava sparks. And we got a red candy, a red toffee, and I did a picture of your volcano exploding. Mm-hmm. And then we went on to Icelandic uh, no- northern lights, and we got them um, uh, like rock candy. Rock candy, yeah, they call it. Uh huh. And and it's the colours of the Northern Lights, you know, like fluorescent green and purple. Oh, right. And it shimmers. All the pictures are artwork, you know. And originally my plan was to do all the artwork myself, but I had no idea how difficult it was to run a business. Not difficult, but time consuming. Yeah. How many pieces? Mm -hmm. So I I knew some friends that were artists as well. So I said, can you do this puffin picture? I just want a puffin on a rock like this and this and I'd sketch it out and they would do it. So a lot of my friends, they made the pictures and then I could put their name on the back. Artwork by Joe mm-hmm. Bolt or artwork by Nina Tadson. You know. So I, I was helping a lot of young artists as well. So that was right. really, really nice. And now uh, in the summertime, we sell about one ton every month. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> it's nice. So that's paying the bills, you know. And the That's time, amazing. I mean, what a what a explosion from just this idea you know and you know i would never have imagined that i would be running my own business never right but from and i mean like just the transformation that we've talked about in this <laughs> short amount of time and that all came after 40 yes <laughs> which i think is so inspiring to so many people uh-huh. i think i was um I think I was 49 when I started the candy. No, I was 51 when I started the candy company. Mm-hmm, because you were married. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And wow, there, there was other, other, you know. But, but then, during during through all, all this time, I I was getting more and more interested in menopause. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think I was so angry that there was so little talked about menopause. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do, I, I, the first thing I did when I, when I first started getting my symptoms and I was investigating online and everything that was about menopause was dry medical stuff. It was, it was really for doctors. And I thought, you know, my original uh, education was in medical science. So I knew what they were talking about, but I thought, your average person in the street, this, the woman wouldn't know what they're talking about. You know, localizing right. hormones and progesterone and estrogen and like, well, you know, the be- women just want to know when is this going to finish? <laughs> yeah. When am I going to quit feeling so uh-huh. awful? And yeah. husbands are going, when is it going to finish? <laughs> so I I started doing homework and then because of, because of my love of singing and, and, and painting and stuff, I made this stage show and it's called The Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, <laughs> compassion, and joy for menopausal women, and it was a bit like vagina monologues, but for menopause. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and you know, a lot of it was like self-help talk and 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 practical things about how you know what's good to eat and what you know your sleep patterns and practical advice. And in between it, I'd sing some songs and I'd be in my my glittery gown with my feather boa, and then sometimes I would do an oil painting live on stage. <laughs> oh wow! And it would be like. Um, I would start off with a white canvas and i say, you know, when we're born, we're white and virginal, just like this canvas. And then I'd pick up some black paint, you know, the black gesso, and, and I'd say, and then very early on, you hear, bad girl, don't do that. And I'm painting the, the, the canvas with the black paint, you know, until the, mm-hmm. paint, the thing is completely covered. I says, until we get, you know, to our sort of... Um, beginning of our teenage years and we're ready we're cowed down and we're molded into somebody else's reality not our beautiful princess virginal white blossoming person that we should be you know mm-hmm. and then so then i talk about uh, in your 20s this happens 30s and while i'm talking about 20s 30s 40s i'm painting with transparent colors on the, oh yeah i forgot while that's drying then i sing another couple of songs you know <laughs> 10 minutes to dry and then so then i come back and i'm painting and in your 20s this happens in your 30s this happens blah 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 and then and it's until you get to your 50s and then i'm putting a big brush in white paint i says when you begin to see the picture and i put the white paint on and it brings out the colors and what oh, wow. it, what it is is the sun shining through the ocean and then before I've started, I've already painted two orca whales, but I've hidden them up with stickers. So I get the spatula and I pull the sticker off and I say, and this is you swimming in the ocean of life. And I pick the other one off. And this is me swimming in the ocean of life. Let's have a swim around and have a fun together. And I say, from now on, and then I start painting in colourful seaweed and bubbles and stuff. You know? And and everybody loves it. And then we have. It sounds like a blast. Yeah, and then we have a lottery, and somebody in the audience wins this wet painting. <laughs> Oh wow! I, I send a, I send them home with it in a pizza box. <laughs> I say, Don't let your kids eat that, <laughs> so it doesn't get all over them as it dries. <laughs> that is a blast. I mean, you're so creative, and this is just like I mean, it's so much fun. You're just having so much fun in your life. You know, life is short, so why not have fun? You can, yes. you can choose to be miserable, or you can choose even if you're in miserable situations, you can still choose to have fun. What? Yes, no, that's it's all about a mindset. It's all about the decision to decide for yourself what you're going to create. Yeah. So I was really inspired. So I've done this, the Pearls of Pauline. I've done it in in some places in America, uh, and in the UK and in Iceland. But I was only reaching about fifty to hundred women, mm-hmm. and I thought 
this is not enough, this is not enough, you know, we have millions and millions of women out there that are suffering in silence, no more, no. <laughs> so I thought, how can I, how can I get out to the masses, you know, so then I, I, I did a podcasting course, first of all, I was going to write a book, but I'm so hyper, like, writing a book is like, you know, my hands don't stay long enough to write. <laughs> right, no, you need to, like, be visual and auditory and, yeah, share with people, because it's your passion and it's your intensity that's that's exciting to people uh, so uh, we started yeah. the menopause morph, morph podcast last june um and it's going strong and uh, the f- last year i was doing it every week but then it got too much and then um uh in november my husband had a heart attack and i had to just take a break for a bit mm-hmm. um and now we started again a few weeks ago and we're just mm-hmm. now i'm going to do it every second week Okay, so that's I, I'm really excited about that. And also, what's really exciting news is on the 16th of April, we're going to have our first menopause. Uh, it's called Fit, Fun, and Fabulous Menopause <laughs> Workshop, and it's going to be in Iceland in a little hotel in the countryside. And we, oh, have, wow. we have an expert coming from England, and she's going to teach the ladies about how to improve their menopausal symptoms naturally without using drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a yoga teacher coming, and she'll be teaching us uh, hatha yoga and meditation. And she's going to give a talk about uh, sacred sexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be fun. That sounds amazing. Yes. So, and then. I, I originally wanted it to be a retreat, but there's so many rules and regulations and hoops you have to jump through. And I didn't have time. I only started to organize this in January. And the lady that's coming, this was the only time she could come. So it had to be done quick, 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 quick. And I didn't have time to make it as a retreat. So my plan now is to have a real retreat in November. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing now a, a retreat course, how to learn how to do retreats, because I want it to be absolutely fabulous. You know, I don't want it to be just humdrum. I want it to right. be like blow your brains out. It's so wonderful and fantastic. <laughs> I would imagine that pretty much anything you do is not humdrum. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's got to have feathers and sparkles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see me now I've got my glittery top on (laughs) I love it because why not right you know it's like one one of my nieces she said to me one day no first of all she said it to her mother she said "Um, mom why are you always dressed so boring and Auntie Pauline is always so glamorous and 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 we're the same her mother is is my husband's sister and she's the same age as me and and her mother said well um I, I don't know, like, ask, ask your auntie Polly. <laughs> she comes, and she was maybe about 12 or something at the time, you know. So she said to me, I have seen tells her my mother that she should, she, not, she shouldn't be so boring and she should dress up fancy and nice, like, you know, and you're always wearing such fantastic jewellery. And I said to her, you know, you know what's really sad? A lot of women get really nice jewellery, either as gifts or they buy it themselves, and they put it in a drawer, and they say, that's for special occasions. And maybe they'll have two or three special occasions in their life. And the rest of the time, it's not there. And then I think I had read somewhere a few years before that somebody had, their mother had died and they were going through the stuff and they found this jewellery that they had never, ever seen her wear. Yeah. You know, yes. and her, the father said she was keeping that for a special occasion. And I thought, 
I'm going to I'm going to F F F word, you know. And that's never going to happen to me. I'm going to wear. I'm going to have a fantastic. I'm going to have a special occasion every day. Every day because you're alive. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And I actually resonate with that so much. It makes me so sad to think about that life unlived. To think about those possibilities unexplored and like. To just, you know, eat off the good china every day, to use the, yeah, to wear the jewelry, to, you know, like, it's just live, live. We're not guaranteed anything, right? So live now. Was once um, a guy came to the door, I can't remember who he was, and, and he um, came to the door, and, and I opened the door, and he says, oh, you're going to a party? I went, no, I'm the party of my life, come in. <laughs> I said, oh, I didn't want to disturb you if you were going out to a party. I said, no, I'm just enjoying life, you know. And when I'm on stage, you know, and I'm wearing my, some glittery ball gown, you know, just, and I say to people, you know, this is what I wear when I'm dusting the house. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> I would love to live down the road from you. <laughs> you would be a lot of fun. You would have a very, I'll tell you about my birthday, right? Since we have birth, shared birthdays. When I was, That's right. When I was 30. I had a different mindset then, you know, and uh, I, I was caught in this trap of, we'll call it ageism, you know, and it was like three zero. It was like, a, it was like, oh no, I can't be 30, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was living with some girlfriends at the time and normally I was first up, but on this day I, I, I told myself, if I move, it's real. If I don't move, it's just a bad dream. So I'm not going to move. And honestly, I did this. I didn't move, you know. And Lisa came and said, Pauline, Pauline. And they thought I was sick. And, and the two of them were talking, do you think she's sick? And I, I don't know. What's wrong? And I could tell. And, I, and I'm, Pauline, don't move. Don't move. It's, it's not real. It's not real. It's a bad dream. Don't move. And they went out to work and they left me, you know. And I'm lying in bed and my body started to get stiff, you know. And, my, and part of my body saying, oh, you have to move. No, no, if you move, it's a bad dream. It's, 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 it's not real. It's not real. And eventually, and my body was so stiff, I had to move. And I thought, oh, sugar, it is real. You know? And I got up and I had this cloud above my head. You know, it's like, you know, in the cartoons, you see this cloud with the, 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 the lightning come out and the rain coming on their head. And I was walking about with this hunched back. Oh, I'm 30. I can't believe it. You know? And then... I was in some shopping mall or something. I, I think I, I wandered about in a daze that day. And I was sitting and I was watching people going by. And I saw these two old biddies. And they must have been about 70 or something. And they were having the time of their life and they're laughing and joking. And I'm thinking, what am I getting so worried about? <laughs> about 30, right? <laughs> and I thought, something's seriously wrong with me that I'm so upset like this, you know. And I thought, no, this is it. I'm going to go on. And for the rest of the day, I was fine. So when it came to my 40th birthday, I thought, well, there is no way I'm going to make myself miserable like that again. Because you make yourself miserable. You know, nobody else yeah, is making you miserable. You know? So I said, right, I'm going to have a party. And when I talk about a party, I mean a party. I rented, and my kids were small then. I rented, um, and, and can you imagine, that was me when I had my walking sticks and then I was really sick. Right. Giant, you know? But I was having a party, you know. I rented a bouncy castle for the kids. I rented um, a, a food tent and, and chairs and, and uh, you know, these things that they have in the, the, the fun, fun fair where you throw coconut at and lots yeah. of things. Like, it was like a, a fun fair. The whole garden was like a fun fair. 
and I've invited all the neighbours, even ones I didn't know, and it was like the whole neighbourhood was there, and they're going, oh, what's the big occasion? And they're saying, it's her birthday. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I just said to them, I said, look, I had a bitch for my 30th birthday, and I'm never going to be like that again, so it's my birthday, so let's have a party. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. <laughs> And now you've had a couple more, <laughs> and it's like probably better every time. This is it. I mean, there's all, and of course now, you know, now I've got two reasons to celebrate because it's my wedding anniversary as well. Right. So that's amazing. I love it. I mean, that's so inspirational for people, and just such a good reminder for all of us to just shake it off and just live, live now, live today. I mean, you hear of a lot of people that are that, that are suffering depression. And of course, right. there are there are many times when people are like there's chemical imbalance or something like that. But there are times when you just need a kick up the backside, or you just need to tell yourself to switch that thing in your brain and change your change your thinking. And then when you change mm-hmm. your thinking, it's like the depression goes. It's like, oh, what was I getting depressed about? Because I've got so much to live for. Right. I think it, being grateful is one of the best things you can do for yourself. So powerful. Uh-huh. Yeah, really. I mean, I I had fibromyalgia as well, and I had chronic fatigue and all that stuff, and it was just such a mess. And, and this was when I was, you know, 25, 26, you know. It was years that shouldn't have been happening. And, and I remember just thinking, like, you know, God, like, if it's this bad now, what's it going to be, you know, at 30? What's it going to be at 40, 50? And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like uh, all I could do just to – change that thinking and just like count the blessings just like start you know okay I have food in my refrigerator I have a bed to lay in I have a roof over my head I you know I mean just the smallest things to start counting that are really enormous blessings every day that we take for granted Mm -hmm. you know like oh I can get up and take a shower and I have hot water and I have clean water and I have I mean once you start lifting it's mind-blowing how many things you have to be grateful for and that energy just brings more things to be grateful for Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really, even if you've got something that you're dealing with, we all have things that we're dealing with, but if you've got, you know, illness that you're dealing with or you have circumstances that, you know, aren't what you want, you can still start now to be grateful for what you do have and be, you know, make that attitude shift to decide I'm going to be happy regardless of whatever it is. Yeah. You, I mean, you hear of people that come out of, disasters you know like it's a natural disaster and some of them are so grateful like oh i survived you know like maybe all their family mm-hmm. died or whatever but they're you know i survived or you know i've got my my dog survived you know whatever and then right. people in, in exact same circumstances they're just like oh this happened to me and and for the rest of their life they they enjoy nothing because they're just always thinking about that bad thing that happened to right. them Right. And it's so sad. It's so sad. It is so sad. I mean, really, to me, that is one of the biggest tragedies Mm -hmm. is to have a life unlived. And, yeah, I just Uh think that it's important for us to hear about other people that have made that choice to live fully. And, you know, and it's never too late to make that change. You know, it sounds like a platitude. It sounds, you know, okay, that's so cliche. Uh You know, the rest of your life starts tomorrow. But it's like... It does. This is the first day of the rest of your life, like right now, this minute. And if you didn't do it this minute, guess what? Here and it comes another minute, you know? So it's <laughs> it's just so important for us to 
share that with people and be the support system to say, you know, like, even though you might know it somewhere in you, like, you can make the choice to change right now. Even I'm, I'm always thinking, what's the next stage? What's the, what's the next level? You know, because, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not cured by any means and I'm still, uh, I'm still fluffy. We, that's the only F word we use in this house. I'm, I'm a fluffy lady, you know. And um, so this fluffiness has to go. You know, it's uh, I, 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 I stroke my 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 belly and I say, thank you for keeping me warm through the winter. It's been really nice having you, but it's time for you to go. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We have to appreciate all parts of ourselves before we're willing to make any changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, right, the journey's never done, and it doesn't mean that every single day of your life is perfect or that you don't have challenges. or It doesn't mean any of that. That's a fantasy. That's not reality. It really is, like, just making the choice of I'm going to have my mindset where I want it to be, and I'm going to take advantage of these opportunities. And, you know, it's just like the candy thing. When you had the idea, you could have easily said, well, you know, I don't have the money to do this right now, and isn't that a great idea, but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But instead, you took the initiative to go out and make it happen. Yeah, and, you know, that's huge. And now, um, because I've got this sort of dichotomy between selling candy, uh, which is sugar, and uh, sugar <laughs> is really bad for your health, and I'm trying to do this menopause thing to help women right. increase their health. So it's like um, for the last year now, I've been going some, you know, it's like a... A struggle between these things, but they, but it's paying the bills, you know. And um, right. a couple of months ago, uh, it must have been September. Yeah, my husband said somebody bought him a bottle of whiskey and he got a bit drunk, <laughs> and he's done. You know, like he's one of these guys that actually, you know, starts talking the truth when he's drunk, yeah. but doesn't, you know, <laughs> keeps it all in, you know. And um, he was saying to me, "Oh, I'm fed up with the cold in Iceland. I'm fed up with the corrupt government. I'm fed up with this, you know." And he's quite a sort of negative type of person compared to me. And he he said, "I want to I want to go and live in Bulgaria." And I went, "Bulgaria? Why on earth Bulgaria?" And he says, "Well, I I heard my brother told me that you can get a house there for about eight thousand American dollars, you know." And I said, "No way. There's no way you can get a house." He says, "Yeah, and it's got a a thousand meters of land. You know, it's like a thousand yards of land, you know." I said, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. And he got his computer laptop out and he showed me. And I went, fair enough, you know. And they weren't, they weren't brand new houses, you know. They were like um, in small villages and they were like older houses that maybe needed fixed up, you know. And he says, look, you know, if, like for like eight, eight, I'm trying to translate it into dollars, you know. Yeah, right. So like for $8,000, you can buy a house. Then for another $8,000, you can re- renovate it. And then you've got a house with a thousand meters of land with, with walnut trees and pomegranate trees and, you know, and the sunshine. He says... And he was sitting there and looking so sad. And he says, all I want to do is sit in the sun and drink cheap oh. beer. Cheap beer. Because in Iceland, the beer, you cannot believe the price of beer. Is it expensive? Oh, my goodness. I think it's the most one of the most expensive countries in the world. You know, I, So he'd been working really hard um, rebuilding. We, we bought this uh, old place to renovate as a, as a warehouse for our company. You know, And he'd been working really hard every day rebuilding this. So I thought... Well, why not? Why not go to Bulgaria and have a look and see? That, and you know how life has a lot of twists and turns and serendipity mm-hmm. and stuff. Before I came to Iceland, what country do you think I was living in? Not Bulgaria. Yeah, Bulgaria. No. I was from Bulgarski horror. Respiratory Bulgarski. And it was like 
it, it was the easiest language in the world for me to learn from all really? languages. Yeah. So I had been living in Bulgaria, you know, for almost two years. And then I thought, yeah, he's wanting to go and live there, but he's never actually been. And when I lived there, it was just after the wall came down. So it was still like communism, you know, it, because they hadn't had time to change. They didn't know any other way. So right. we still had to wait four hours in a queue for a loaf of bread. It was really difficult. Wow. So I said to him, OK, so he went to bed and I just went online and I bought tickets to go to Bulgaria and I got the hotels and everything, you know. And so in the morning he woke up and I said, well, I bought the tickets. He went, tickets for what? And he says, do you remember what you're talking about last night? Nope. I says, well, you were talking about you wanted to go to Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, I would like to go to Bulgaria. I says, well, we're going in two weeks' time for two weeks. He went, what? I says, you wanted to go and retire in Bulgaria. So we'll let's go. We'll look at houses. And he says, but, um, okay, okay. And then, uh, you know, about an hour later he says, well, maybe we couldn't, we don't need to retire there 100%. Maybe we could be half and half. You know, I says, it doesn't matter. I says, just go have a nice time. Enjoy, enjoy a break. You know, just see what it's like. And, yeah, it was the second half of October, and in Iceland it's already getting cold then. And mm. one day it was five degrees centigrade in Iceland, and there in Bulgaria it was twenty-three degrees. Oh. <laughs> and uh, talking, talking about gratitude, I'm not kidding. This is on, God's honest truth. I was sitting in my pajamas on the balcony in the hotel with the sun shining down. I had my my tea and my toast, and I was reading a book, and the sun was on my face, and I, I honestly, I, I couldn't remember when the last time the sun had been on my face, because the last three or four years, the winter, the summers in Iceland have been absolutely dreadful, you know. Oh. I started to cry with gratitude, and I said, wow. oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be here, sitting on a balcony with the sun in my face, Reading a relaxing book, having a nice. Somebody brought me my breakfast. You know what I mean? I was in my bed. Somebody brought me. It's like everything was about it was just like so. Heav- That's amazing. Heavenly, heavenly. You know, like one of those moments. Everything comes together, it was, and, then, and it's in a simple moment too. And you know, the, but the, you know, the best thing about those two weeks was when we went out to the shops, and my husband said to me, "What does that say? What does that?" Say? And uh, all the time in Iceland, I'm saying to him, "What does this say? What does this say?" <laughs> You're like, finally. And so then I turned to him and I said, now you know what it's like for me. <laughs> so he really liked it. So our plan now is to sell the company, the, the candy company, about this time next year. And and then sort of semi-retire in Bulgaria. And then I'll just focus on the menopause thing. Wow. So that will be That's fun. amazing. I mean, I just love that you that you chased it down. I mean, it's like, okay, you have this talk, you know, he's at the whiskey, you're having this talk, and it's like, all right, let's do it. Uh-huh. Why not? Why not? You know? Because I thought, okay, if he doesn't like it, at least we've had a holiday. Right. You know, and, deal. and if he does like it, well, I'm quite, you have I'm quite on to that. You know, and, and then, you know, it, it's baby steps, because you don't want to do, jump into something like that without doing your homework. You know, so I right. thought, if if he does like it, then it will take us about a year and a half or, you know, two years to get everything all together. And then I want the, the, the candy company to be in the best condition so that we can sell it for the best price, of course. You know? mm-hmm. uh, right. So I just thought, yeah, that's that's fine. And ever since we came back, almost every night he's on the computer looking at houses in Bulgaria. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I love that. I love it because so many people say these things to themselves or say things in passing or read an article or, or hear something and they go, 
yeah, I, you know, I'd like to do that. And then it just, they, all the what ifs and the you can'ts and you don't deserve it and all this mental junk comes up and it just falls by the wayside and they never do it. No, I mean, and it's like, or you could just do it. Like you said, what's the worst that could happen? You have a holiday. Yeah. And because both of our sons, are, you know, my older son, he's autistic, but he's high functioning. So he's, and he's getting very, um, you know, he's very independent. And I, I, when he was younger, I thought he would never be able to live on his own. But I really mm-hmm. do think that he can. And my younger son, he just moved to Reykjavik. We live in a small fishing village in Iceland. It's about 40 minutes north of Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. And he's studying in Reykjavik, so he went to live with his father. And then he used to come home at the weekends. But now he has a weekend job, so we always never see him. But then I thought, well, there's nothing really, you know, that, like, you know, they, they they have this saying, like, if you love someone, set them free. If they come back to you, then they love you. But if, you know, you can't. I can't remember the whole thing, but you know you can't right. hold on to can't cage somebody can't, yeah. uh-huh, um, because that would just make them want to run. So I, I've always been very you know let my kids free and, and experience life you know, and so I don't see any of them having uh, kids in the very near future you know. So I'm not going to be in my grandmother role for I would say at least ten years. So mm-hmm. why not go and enjoy myself in in, in Bulgaria? And talk Bulgarian. <laughs> How funny that your journey brings you back to Bulgaria, too. There are so many weird things. Sometimes I do some acting, and I did some acting uh, last month, and it was a Korean advert. It was for this um, Samsung S7, you know, the telephone, the Samsung uh-huh. from Korea. And I, I used to live in Korea as so well. I traveled a lot. You know. You've been all uh, over the place. And I, I haven't spoken Korean for many, many years, so I've forgotten almost everything. But I remembered a few words. So, And then, of course, when I went for the audition, I didn't, you know, they don't tell you who it's for. They just said it's for a telephone company. So I thought it was an Icelandic right. telephone company. And then I had to drive to this remote village in Iceland to do this filming. And, and when I got into the hotel, I saw on the 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 door of the of the kitchen room it was written in Icelandic and English and Korean and I'm looking at this Korean and I'm saying to the girl on the desk you know I've never seen Korean written you know usually of course there must be Korean tourists I says but usually they have it in in the the tourist places they'll have it in English and German you know. uh-huh. and a lot of Chinese coming now so sometimes Chinese I said but I've never seen Korean I says do you get Korean tourists a lot and she says well no not not usually she says but now we do I'm like okay it still didn't click still didn't click you know so the next morning um you know I, it was I had to go there the night before so I went to the hotel slept in the morning I, I got up and I started seeing all these Korean people you know so I'm saying Annyeong Haseyo Annyeong Haseyo you know and they're looking at me it's like what <laughs> you know <laughs> and um, so we're in having breakfast and so I said to the girl that was employing me, you know, Icelandic lady. I said, so what What company is this telephone for? They said, oh, did you not know? It's Samsung. I went, oh, so that's why all the Korean Now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was really amazing. And then, and so when the director came, uh, I, I said to him, and you know, and then, what? You know, and then I was using, you know, you know, and they're saying, I, 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 they, they just, they were, couldn't believe it. Speak, they were like in such a shock, you know. But they were so happy, so happy, you know. And you know, you know, hopefully by now you've seen my my character is a bit 
bohemian, let's say, you know, and I just go <laughs> for it, you know, like, don't give up. I love it. So in between, you know, we were doing the advert for this camera and, and you, know, you hold this camera up and you just see, and the girls were showing me, there was the, they're doing a series of adverts and it's like, um, three Korean tourists and they're traveling around the world and this is and so they'd come to Iceland and this and in it I was like a guest house mother you know mm-hmm. and so they they asked me to take the phone and take a selfie of the whole group you know and they said oh no you don't have to press and I'm saying to them, what button do you press and they said no you don't have to press any button you just say smile and it will take a picture and I went okay smile and it says three two one and they took a picture I'm like oh wow that's great you know oh wow so then I started singing so we'd finished for the, the wrap-up, and they're saying, try it again, smile. And I said, smile, for your heart is breaking. Smile, even though it's aching. And the director was going, oh, oh, oh. I said, okay, what's going on here? You know? And then he was so happy, and I just thought, okay, maybe he likes my singing. So we went for dinner, and then I was meant to be finished. I was meant to go home. But one of the assistants comes up to me, and she says, no, you're, you're not allowed to go home. There's a new scene. And I said, no, I'm only in two scenes. She said, no, the director has written in a new scene. No. I went, okay. And he's written it in just so that I could sing a song. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> so in Korea, they're showing these adverts of me singing and, and you know. Sam-Tug. And some of the people that I knew when I was living in Korea, they saw the advert. <laughs> that is so funny. It's, and then so they would contact me on Facebook. Yeah, I, I see you on, a, on television in Korea. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's like serendipity. It's like. You, the world is so small now, you never know. It just zips right. around, you know. I mean, that's so funny. I'm sure they did a double take, like, wait a minute, is that Pauline? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think she was, it was, it, she, she was saying to me that, that it was advertised as like um, Samsung in, in, in Iceland or something. And she said, oh, Pauline lives in Iceland. Let's watch it and see if we can see pictures of where Pauline lives. And, and then they went, ah, there is Pauline. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> wow. That's just amazing. I just love it. Because <laughs> when I signed the contract, I wasn't allowed to talk about it, tell right. it the details until it was aired. You know. Yeah. So of course I didn't tell her that it was going to come because I, you know, I, my word is my word. You know. Um. And so I found, and my agent was meant to tell me when it was online. I found out about it before my agent did. <laughs> because, because they called. <laughs> because no, because I have friends in Korea. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. I mean, this is just it's really fun and it's like I think the the biggest message for people is that when you step into your power, when you step into living in that way and being open to possibility and and open to positivity and and all of these things like look at everything that comes together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of get these signals that it's like, oh, right, I'm on the right path. I can honestly say that the last seven years of my life have been the most fun. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's so encouraging. I mean, it's so encouraging for so many people because I think so many cultures don't value our aging. You know, it's everything you can do to keep from aging. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to say, you know, you can reinvent yourself at any time. You can have fun at any time. You can live fully at any time. Well, this huge. Well, this is like when I, when I was trying to think of a name for my podcast, I was think I, I came up with menopause morph because we're morphing into what we want to be. 
And I use the, the picture. I have a beautiful uh, painting that a friend did for me of the caterpillar is on the bench, or not the bench, the branch. <laughs> I'm talking rubbish. The caterpillar is on the branch, and then in the middle is the chrysalis, and it's hot and sticky. You see this, the heat coming out from this chrysalis. And then at the top of the branch, the butterflies flying away. And it's like this, they call it the change of life, and it's not, it is a physical change, but it's also a spiritual and a mental change. Mm -hmm. And when we are, before we start to have our periods, before the estrogen starts kicking in, we have these dreams of becoming a ballerina or a famous singer. You know, like when I remember when as a kid standing in front of the mirror with a hairbrush in my my hand (laughs) singing, you know, and I was going to be a singer and everything, you know. And then when your when your hormones kick in, what do you start thinking about? Boys. Right. <laughs> Unless you're a lesbian that you start thinking about girls. Right. right. Either way. Uh, but you're not but, thinking about singing. No, you're not thinking of, you're thinking about boys and how you can be attracted to boys and you know and the boys are thinking about girls, you know. And it's only and, and then and then you're it's it's kind of brainwashing you into trying to find a husband and then getting kids, looking after the kids, looking after the husband, looking after the house, looking looking after your work. And you're just taking care of others and other things. And, other, and you're at the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. You're the last one to get any getting taken care of. And then when when you hit menopause and you're, this estrogen is gone, bye-bye. And it's like, you wake up and it's like, here. Did I not want to be a singer? When did I last think about that? You know, it's like, uh, you know, before your menses started, you know. So it's, it's, I really want to encourage women to become that beautiful butterfly, to, to find out what really what they wanted. Because so many people have gone into jobs, have gone into marriages that they didn't want. It's what their parents wanted or, you know, it's like a lot of people, their parents are like, say their father was a lawyer and he said, oh, you should become a lawyer. And they push them in to become a lawyer, but they don't want to become a lawyer, but they they love their parents so much. They don't want to say, I don't want to do this, you know, or the parents are so um, aggressive or, you know, like dominant that they, they, they just cow down and become that. And they have a miserable life being a lawyer for the rest of their life. And. And then other times it's like you're going out with this guy and you've been going out with him for three or four years and people just put, when do you get married, when do you get married? And you're not really enjoying the relationship, but you're thinking, oh, well, if I don't, if I I leave this guy now, maybe I'll be left on the shelf. Right. I've already put four years into it. Exactly. Is it worth it, you know? Tell me, uh, believe me, honey, it's worth it. It's even before you've seen, if it's one second before I do, run like hell. If you want to run like hell, just do if it. If you want to, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Because it's easier to do it then than it is to go through divorce and separation and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know. And But so many times we do that and so many women that when they reach their menopausal years, they get divorced. Mm-hmm. But there are two. There are two reasons I would say. One is that they have had a really, really bad relationship, and they've kept in it for the kids. You, yeah. you hear that all the time. I'm saying it for the kids. But actually, the kids want you to get divorced because you're fighting all the time, or they right. kind of think, you know. Uh, and 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 a scare, and, and a scare, scared that to be alone or how would I cope, you know? Uh, right. And the uh, and in those, in those situations, I would say. 
run as fast as you can, girl. Get out there. Right. But there are other situations where the the mood swings of menopause, which actually don't have to happen. Um, you, people can, if people are having mood swings or your wife is having mood swings and you're listening to this, tune into Menopause Morph and we'll tell you all about that, how you can get rid of that. But yeah. women that are going through that, they become, I, I have had messages from so many husbands saying, what happened to my wife? Who came and body snatched my wife? Because this crazy woman that's in my house, that's lying in my bed, is not my wife. This is a completely different person. And she can't control it because her hormones are up and down. And like one minute she's happy, happy. And next time, ah, you, what, you put this sock on the floor and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and, it's dry, and, and it drives their marriages apart. Right. And sadly, a lot of people get divorced in this period. And then a few years later, when her hormones have calmed down and she's come back to reality, she's saying, why did I get divorced? You know, I really love him. And I was a bit of a crazy woman then. Or, they, you know, they still have contact because they have kids or something. And then they, the husband begins to realize, oh, she's come back to the woman that I married. To herself, yeah. It's not the, the wicked witch from the West that was in my birth, right. you know, three years ago, you know. And I, actually, I have heard of some situations where they've actually got married again after that, you know. But most people, by then, it's too late. Maybe the husband has gone off and married somebody else or or died or whatever, you know. So there are two different situations. You know, one is that it really always was a bad marriage. And and then, honestly, the best thing is just to get rid of it and, and just enjoy your life. And the other time is maybe just controlling your, your you know, balancing your hormones. And that would balance mm-hmm. your, your moods will save your marriage. Yeah, that's an important message. Important. And I'm definitely going to put the link uh, two menopause morph on our show notes. So those listening, I know you're usually multitasking. So <laughs> we all do. Uh, so on realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast, under episodes, just click on today's episode and you'll find all the links for things we've talked about, ways to get to Pauline's website, to the menopause morph podcast. Um, I'm definitely going to share all that because I think it's just phenomenal and uh, your Samsung commercial and all these fun things to share. All right, Polly, well, thank you so much for being here. It's been so fun. Okay, good we'll night. Talk to you soon. Take, take care. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.